Good evening. Tonight, uh, we're gathered here to dive deep into God's incredible love. I think a lot of us are here because we've, at some point in our life, felt that love. We know that we're loved. Um, We know that we're worthy. Uh, A lot of us are here because we know that we're worthy. But yet, I know Satan's out there as a devourer, as as that lion roaring, looking, seeking who to devour. He's the accuser. And he's always out there saying, you know what, you're a little too old. You're not quite old enough. Uh, You're not smart enough. You're a little too smart. (laughs) Whatever it is, Satan will find a way to take anything about you and just drive a nail through because he's the accuser. And he wants you uh, to not feel worthy. But tonight we're going to dive deep into God's incredible love, the price he paid for our redemption, and how we can live a life worthy of his sacrifice. Now this is a lesson I've been working on for my trip to Costa Rica. So uh, you guys are practice run, so thank you guys for bearing with me. (laughs) But uh, they asked me when we go to Costa Rica, they said, we want a message of hope, a message of hope. So you have to tell me whether or not. At the end of the day, this is hopeful. But I think, I think it's hard to walk away from the gospel message without uh, hope. Before we begin, uh, we need to have a brief discussion about what it means to be worthy. Um, and furthermore, who sets the value of worth? Who determines your worth? Uh, is that you? Is it the way you feel today? Is it the way you feel tomorrow? Uh, Who sets your worth, and and when is that set, and how is that set? Many of us, at one point or another in our lives, we felt pretty worthless. For one reason or another, we've doubted who we are, what we have to offer. Uh, Or to say it in another way, we don't feel like we bring anything valuable to the table. Uh, Thankfully, we have a creator that sees his creation as infinitely valuable. He knows our worth is not based on how low or high your salary is. He knows our worth is not based on our level of education or our whatever it is. Uh, Our worth is based on something uh, much more steady and much more stable. We have an intrinsic value that's built into you and you have a worth built into you because God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. You know what? I actually prepared uh, some PowerPoint for this, so I should stick with those two. <laughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. Therefore, you have an intrinsic value just because God made you. He traded his life so that we could have life. And that's how we measure our value in God's eyes. If you want to know how to measure something, you know, uh, like mechanics know how to measure the quality of the oil in your car. Uh, Doctors know how to measure the value and how well your heart's working. They can give you a percentage. They know your heart's working at such and such percentage. You're doing okay. Uh, Well, if you want to know how to measure your worth, if you want to diagnose yourself, then then don't do it based on how you feel. (laughs) Let's do it based on how... God sees you. 
Let's, let's measure our worth um, and see our value in God's eyes. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. And that fact doesn't change based upon anything I can or cannot do. God still loves us uh, based on just the fact that he created me in the first place. C.S. Lewis, I like the way he put it, Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. And that, my friends, is the foundation of our faith from which we can dive into this passage today, which is kind of a hard passage sometimes if you uh, focus on the wrong parts of it or uh, just focus on it out of context uh, of, the, of the overall scriptures. But we're going to read again Matthew chapter 10, verse 24 through 39. And starting in verse 24, it says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant to be like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? And as we do this, I wouldn't mind you all thinking of some phrases that stick out to you as I read. Think of some phrases that really stick out. We're talking about worth tonight. And he says, Have no fear. So have no fear then of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What I hear you whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who cannot, rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my father who is in heaven." Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies uh, will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So what words stuck out to you? What phrases might have stuck out to you? I hear a lot of talk about what is worthy and what's not worthy. Uh, in one verse we learned that we are worth more than many sparrows, in another verse, we learn, uh, we hear that whoever does not take up their cross and follow is not worthy of me. And for me, as I personally try to reconcile uh, those truths in my heart, I'm drawn to remember that the root of it all 
the root of everything that we're reading is God's unconditional love. The same God who gave his son because he loved so much this world. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for us. So let's get back to measuring worth. One of the ways we can measure our worth uh, is, is thinking about that. God's unconditional love. God's unconditional love is a central theme found throughout the entire Bible. And it's a foundational aspect of our faith. It's a driving force behind the creation of the universe and the redemption of mankind. This love is not based on our performance, our goodness. It's not based on our worthiness. Uh, but rather, it's based on the very nature of God himself. We know uh, and we must understand that God's unconditional love is rooted in his very nature. The Bible tells us that God is love. God is love. This means that love is not merely an attribute of God, but it's who God is. God is love. That's his nature. And it's, I'm not, I, I could go off on a lot of tangents and get way far away from my sermon on this, but you start thinking about God is love. Love implies relationship, does it not? God created us as a part of his nature. Love implies a relationship, and God is love. He wants, he doesn't just want, it's part of his nature to be with us. So yes, that's what God wants. And God wants us so much that he paid this incredible price to be with us. Let's set our value based on that. He is love. This love is not a fleeting emotion. It's not a temporary state of mind, but it's a permanent and unchanging aspect of God's character. And uh, this will be the third time this week, and uh, this is completely unplanned, but Wednesday night we had a, a preacher come, and, and he focused a whole lot on Romans chapter 8. And then this morning, Derek did a great job preaching, and I noticed he brought it back to Romans chapter 8 as well. And so in my planning over the last couple of weeks, uh, I was looking at Romans chapter 8 as well, so maybe God wants us to see something out of Romans chapter 8 this week. It says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. God also demonstrates his unconditional love through his actions. And this, again, all of this is measuring your worth, your value as a person, um, God demonstrates his unconditional love through his actions. The most profound example of that being Jesus dying on the cross, of course. Um, I've got a, a sermon. It, it just happens to be alphabetically the very first song on my playlist. It's a sermon. And uh, my boys get so tired of that sermon because it starts off with this really old British man saying, Why is blood so important? And every time I turn my car on, that's what it says. <laughs> So, my boys know very well that there is something really special about blood. We were out doing a blood drive today, and I went in there and gave my blood, and I was like, so how are you guys doing? Is there a shortage? He's like, there's a shortage. Blood's important. 
That's where life is. I could ask you, if I would trade you, let's make a deal. I'll trade you a billion dollars right now for all of your blood. (laughs) Would it be worth it? It wouldn't. You couldn't spend it. (laughs) Because the only reason you're alive is that life blood. Blood is valuable. And God himself gave his blood, all of it, (laughs) so that we could have life. How valuable are you? Are you worthy? God demonstrates his unconditional love through his actions. The most profound being sending his son to die for us. Uh, I want us to remember this truth. Uh, God continues to extend his forgiveness and grace to us. Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. This passage again highlights the fact that God's love is not dependent on your actions. It's not how you're doing today. Did you have a really bad day? (laughs) Did Satan remind you constantly of how bad your day was? Did Satan tell you how bad you're doing? How unworthy you are? Well, God's saying, I love you no matter what. (laughs) No matter how bad your day is, I still love you because there is worth in you. There's value in you. I created you for a reason. At some point, we truly grasp the depths of God's love for us, and it changes the way we view ourselves. It also changes the way we view the world around us. It should change us as people. And we begin to see ourselves as beloved children of God. We begin to see ourselves created in His image, redeemed by His grace. And this understanding of our identity in Christ leads to a greater sense of self-worth, not based on me and my abilities or merits, But the fact that God created me gives me a worth that I know counts for something. (laughs) And it counts for way more than anything I could do on my own, trying to give my own worth. As we grow in our understanding of God's love, we also become more compassionate, more empathetic towards others, recognizing that they too are recipients of God's love and grace. We grow in our ability to see the intrinsic value in people everywhere. We start to look around us. And what we see is, you were created by God, you were created by God, you were created by God. So are you, and you, and you, and I know how important that is. Because I'm, I'm thinking again, Jesus gave all of his blood for you. That makes you a valuable person. So who am I to treat you as less than? And who will you ever be to treat others as less than? Once we know Christ's love... That changes who we are, and it changes the worth of the people around us. And so now I'm worried about you. I'm concerned for you. I love you. Not really because of anything you did. I just know that God made you, and God has a reason for you, and that your worth is incredible, more than I can understand. So who am I to treat you as anything less than? God's love and unconditional love should change who we are and how we see the world around us and how we interact with the world around us. Uh, you don't have to necessarily work hard 
once you get close to Christ, once you grow close to God, you don't have to really start working hard to do the right things. Christ produces that in you. Um, the truth is, as said in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. That's a reciprocal love that God gave us he, when he started to love us and he came to this earth and humiliated himself and humbled himself and taught us how love works and how it should work. He gave us that example. Um, you know, I don't tell these stories. When I get up and preach, sometimes you guys might get tired of my overly dramatic personal examples, but it's, it's just the way my life has been. <laughs> I grew up in the hillbilly Ozarks uh, with drug trafficking parents who just hated me. Oh, man, they hated me. And I don't say that for self-pity or anything, but we're talking about worth tonight, right? I tell you what, you've never seen a little kid feel so worthless <laughs> and so unwanted as for the first 14 years of my life. Just They, they made it ever so clear you were in the way. Uh, you couldn't be more in the way just by existing for 14 straight years. You get that message over and over and over and over. And you add to that the, the terrible, uh, sinful things that people like that do to children. A kid, you know, how can a kid ever recover? You know, I went into foster care and I saw this great, incredible love by Christian people. And so I started to see something, but I didn't believe them. Still, my foster parents would say, Gary, you don't have to go uh, here. You can go stand outside if you want to. And so I would go and I would just stand outside because <laughs> I didn't know where I belonged. I didn't belong anywhere. And I'm like, well, you don't have to stand outside. You want to go in your bedroom? And I would just go sit on the bed. <laughs> I was like, you know how long that took to get over? And there was loving Christian people trying so hard to get through to me. Hey, you have worth. So what was it that finally broke through? It was when I learned about Jesus. I learned about I, I learned about a love that was so amazing. And I believed it. I didn't just believe it, I know it. I know that someone you know, you could tell me all day long, Gary, you're you're valuable, you're worthy. And you could try to convince me. I'm like, Well, you're a human just like me, whatever. But Jesus came and changed the face of the earth. He, he changed the face of human history. And when Jesus came and changed the entire face of the earth, he died. And we know that. Historically, we can look it up, we can trace it, we can, we can do all the apologetic studies we want to. This man died for me. Now that spoke to me. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I might be worth something. <laughs> I might have value. And it's not because of intelligence. It's not because of uh, a lack of intelligence. It's not because of uh, work ethic or, or, or anything. It's just because God loved me so much that he sent Jesus to die for me. Blood. Why is blood so important? If you could just hear that in my car with me every single day when I turn on my radio... Well, blood is so important because it gives value. 
Blood is value in and of itself. And God gave his blood for you. That's how you can measure your worth. As we grow in our understanding of God's love, we become more capable of extending that love to others. We know what the cost of redemption was. We know the price of blood and how valuable blood is. Um, as we explore that truth, um, it's essential to understanding the gravity of the problem that humanity faced in the first place. Because we did sin. And when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, humanity has been plagued by sin. And we talked about how God is love. Well, sin is the opposite of that. It is contrary to God's nature in every way. And so that caused a separation from love. We were separated completely from that one good and perfect thing in all of existence, which is God. We know in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everybody has sinned and everyone's gone through that. And Satan wants to remind you of that constantly. But that's not really where we're headed. That means that every single person is in need of redemption and we are all guilty. And yes, we are deserving of God's righteous judgment. In order to bridge that gap, God sent his son. Jesus enters the picture the only sinless person to ever live. Jesus was the only one capable of paying the price for our sins. One of my very favorite theological books is The Cross of Christ by John Stott. If you haven't read that one, that's a good one. Um, but he says in that book, the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. The substitutionary sacrifice at the heart of the cost of redemption. Jesus willingly laid down his life on the cross, bearing the full weight of humanity's sin and enduring the wrath of God, which we deserved. Um, in Isaiah... 53, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The pain and suffering that Jesus endured on the cross was not just physical, but also spiritual. As he experienced separation from God the Father for the first time in his existence. For Jesus... The cost was immense. The pain, the humiliation, the torture on the cross. For God the Father, it must have been immeasurably painful to watch. His son enduring the cross, knowing that this was the only path to eternal salvation, and knowing all of this before he created us, he still chose to create you. How worthy are you? Are you worthy? God knew all of that before he chose to create you, and he still created you because you are worthy. For Jesus, the cost was immense. I like the way Tozer, uh, he puts it this way. The cross is the lightning rod of grace that short-circuits God's wrath 
to Christ so that only the light of his love remains for believers. The cross is a lightning rod of, of grace that short circuits God's wrath to Christ so that only the light of his love remains for believers. Sometimes when I'm trying to figure out a way, you know, I'm in different countries and I'm trying to do Bible studies and trying to explain what does the blood of some guy in Israel have to do with me? <laughs> and I start explaining about how God is powerful. And I was like, just imagine the sun. What happens if you get too close to the sun? You get burned up. God in his pureness. We, we can't get that close to God. We need something. We need a lightning rod. We need something that changes our essence too so that we can be with God as well. And that's Jesus. Jesus makes that happen. He bridges that gap, that gap that is between God and man caused by sin. We need to live a worthy life. Living a life worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us begins with understanding the depth of God's love and the cost of our redemption. But once we truly understand the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross, we can't help but be transformed by this love. From our thoughts and our actions to our relationships, our priorities, everything begins to change little by little because we begin more and more to understand exactly how big that price was the value of blood, Christ's blood specifically. There's no thing or person more worthy of our love and devotion than Jesus. Um, we start to understand a little bit that passage that we read before. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now, out of context, that sounds like a terribly scary verse. <laughs> but it's a positive verse. <laughs> we want to be in Christ. <laughs> we want to live a life worthy of Christ. We want to lose our life, actually. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, it involves spending more time in prayer, reading and meditating on the Word of God, seeking guidance of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives as we grow closer to Jesus. We'll become more like Him in our character, in our attitudes and actions. Then as we become more like Jesus, we'll start to love more like Him as well. This means extending grace and forgiveness and compassion to all those around us, even when it's difficult or undeserved. Um, it also means being willing to serve others, putting their needs above our own, seeking to be a blessing in their lives. Jesus himself demonstrated that kind of love when he washed the feet, and he asked us to follow his example. As believers, we've been entrusted with this message of the gospel, and it's our responsibility to share this hope, this great, immense hope with others who've never heard it before. I love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was the first one to make me feel worth. And man, that was attractive for me. <laughs> he was the first one to make me feel worth. And it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with him. And man, that's a good place to be. If you're experiencing trouble and difficulty with your self-worth, put your trust in Jesus. Put your faith in him. And find your value knowing that 
he gave his life for you uh, because he loves you so much. That makes you pretty valuable. He calls us to follow his example in giving our life, uh, in doing mission work, serving others, um, living a life worthy of the life that Jesus lived. Jesus warned in that passage that we read in Matthew, following him may not always bring peace or comfort. Instead, it may lead to conflict and it may lead to division. Even within our own families, but however, when we choose to follow Jesus, despite the cost, we demonstrate our love for him and our commitment to living a life that brings glory to his name. The truth is, following Jesus will cost you something. You'll have to lose your life in order to find it again. You'll have to give up the things you thought were important in order to make room for that which is actually important. Things that are more important than anything else. As we pursue Christ, we're not only going to experience joy and peace that comes from living in God's presence, but also bring honor and glory to his name. As we come to the end of our lesson, uh, let's remember that God's love for us is unchanging. Even when we face challenges and opposition, it's unconditional. It's not based on anything we can or cannot do. Our worth or value are rooted in Christ who traded his life for ours. He traded his life for ours. That is the measurement. That's the measuring system. That's a lot of value when he traded his life for yours. He alone is worthy of all worship and praise. We also know that, the following, that following Jesus is not going to be easy, but the reward is going to be worth it. And the reward at the end of the journey, that's eternal life and salvation and joy. Immeasurable joy, abundant joy, eternal joy. So what I want to ask tonight is will you be willing to commit yourself to loving God above all else, carrying our cross, following Jesus? The only thing, uh, the only one who's worth all of it. Are you ready to lose your life? If you're ready to lose your life, uh, then the way to lose your life, we read in Romans chapter 8, we read in Romans 6, we start to lose our lives by dying to our old self. And we die to our old selves in baptism. We die and we're buried in that burial ground of water and raised again uh, to live a new life with the gift of the Holy Spirit forgiven of our sins. Um, are you ready to lose your life? Because if you're ready to lose your life, you're going to gain a better life. And if you haven't been baptized, what are you waiting for? It's one of the greatest experiences, uh, well, for me, that I've ever experienced in my life. It's something that gave me worth, and a worth that's not based in material things or human measuring systems. It's based in something that's completely immeasurable. If there's something you need tonight, please let us know. If you also would like to come forward and ask for the prayers for the church, please let us know as well. Are you worthy? Yes, you are. And... Uh, let us help you with anything you need as we stand and we sing. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength in
Jesus painted all. 